the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, folks. I invite you to join with me and leaders from across the nation on June 10th and 11th for our National Unity Weekend. Saturday will be our community day to provide food and resources to food insecure communities across the country. Then on Sunday, pastors will preach a healing message from Galatians 3 and 28. So go to our website, sign a statement of change, and show you're committed to seeing the church at the forefront of racial healing. Then have your church sign up to help spread the message of unity. And lastly, pray with us as we look to heaven and prepare for a transformative weekend. God bless. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Today we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, this gentleman was the highest ranking general of one of Israel's most persistent enemies at the time. But if you read your Bible carefully and really pay attention, you'll discover that God not only uses your friends, he'll also use your enemies to accomplish his purposes. A pastor friend of mine says, he says, the circumstances we ask God to change are often the circumstances God is using to change us. He says, he was a great and an honorable man, a very capable person with solid character to match. But I want you to watch this next clause here. It says, in the eyes of his master. Now, I've been around long enough to know that ability is vital to success, but never underestimate the importance of chemistry, the importance of learning how to get along well with others. You see, your hard skills may get you in the door. Your hard skills may get you the job. But it's the soft skills of learning how to get along well with others that will get you promoted. And this man, Naaman, had these hard and soft skills. And he had a great relationship with the king. And then it goes on, it says, because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. Now, Naaman was not yet a worshiper of the Lord, 
But God still used his military prowess, his, his gifts, his ability, even though he wasn't considered a holy man, he was nonetheless an honorable man, the Bible says. The Bible said he was a great man, all those things. But despite the fact he did not know the Lord, pay attention, God used him to take down the most wicked king in all Israel's history, King Ahab. And what I want you to see here is God sees all and God knows all. And he will eventually set things right because he's God. But we got to let him handle it in his way and in his time. It continues, again, this man doesn't know the Lord, but he still has some positive attributes about him. He was also a mighty man of valor. He was exceptional, the Bible is saying here. Uh, that, that term, uh, mighty man of valor, is, is used a few times throughout the Scripture, and it means a, a person who shows great courage in the face of danger. So we, we see this man is brave, he's strong, but he's also loved by the king. It says he was a man or a mighty man of valor, watch this, but, but a leper. All of us have some buts in our lives. I have a good job, but. I love my spouse, but. I'm thankful, but. I'm healthy, but. I'm happy, but. But what I want you to see here is God knew Naaman's but long before Naaman did. And God was already working on a plan to address it. Nothing is too big for God to handle or too small for God to notice. So here we have this man, a man's man, a powerful man, a very accomplished man, but a leper. Great things were happening in one part of his life, in his career, and all the rest. But the very worst things that could have happened in that time in history in another. Most of us have heard of Rick Warren. He's a very famous pastor. And after he released one of uh, Christianity's best-selling books of all times, you know, of course the Bible's first, but in that top 50 you're going to also find uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. Right after he published that book, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And he made this comment, I want to read it to you. He said, life is like parallel rails on a train track. Just like the two tracks, the good and hard parts of life often occur at the same time. Naaman was at the top of his game but he was also tormented and in a, in a greater crisis than at any other time in his, his lifetime. And if you don't maintain a sense of humor in life, life's ups and downs will swallow you whole. Because it's never all one thing without another. Life runs on two tracks. You got the positive and the negative. And if you can't enjoy the positive just because there's some negative, you're not going to make it to the end of your journey. You hear what I'm saying? And I know everybody wants a single rail. 
But that's not the way things operate. Now, we get to glory, it will be different. But until we get there, we got to deal with the good and the bad. And the Syrians had gone out on raids. They had conquered God's people, well, at least defeated them, and then they sneak into the nation and they seal slaves. And it brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. How many of you know becoming a slave is not a good thing? But as bad as becoming a slave was, I want you to see that God was still working a plan for this young lady. This young lady lost her family, lost her freedom, lost her land, but she still believed in a God that works all things together for good. Nothing surrendered to God's control is ever out of God's control. And even in the midst of the worst thing happening to her, she obviously surrendered that thing to God because we see her attitude in the verses to come. It says she waited on Naaman's wife despite her personal situation. She maintained an attitude of service. She was attentive. She was caring. And for some of us, all we got to do is have one little tiny bad thing happen, you know, at three o'clock, but we milk it the rest of the day. You hear what I'm saying? So she had, she, she, here she is. She's a young lady. I mean, listen, when, you know, you get my age, you don't really care what's going to happen. You know, it's like I, I live my life, but, but she has a whole life in front of her and she's going to spend it as a slave. Despite that, We're about to discover she's serving with a pleasant attitude. She's not consumed with her own issues. She waited on Naaman's wife. And this is what I've learned in my life. You got to become the person you want to become before you can become it. If you want to be free, start acting free. If you want to be brave, start acting brave. In fact, if you want to be happy, start acting happy. Listen, I'm going to get on your nerves just a little bit this morning. Here's what I've learned in my short life. Most of us will only be as happy as we make up our mind to be. I've seen, I've traveled the globe. I've been in nations around the world and I've seen people with less. I mean, people that had a piece of bread for lunch, not sure about dinner, happier than some of us in our, you know, come on, come on. Yeah, in, in our Mercedes, in our Lexus. In our hybrids, in our five-bedroom house with running water, flushing toilets, streets without holes, television, electricity. We are only as happy, I'm learning, as we choose to be. I know, I know that's not going anywhere. And I've watched uh, Pastor Ken. You know, they they cut his legs in half and they screwed in new kneecaps. And we were going through a rough time. I mean, not not because we were behind in anything, just some ugly stuff happened. The bank was going to repossess our our church. Matter of fact, I never told you all about it. I just preached through it and and God got it and we we got to the other side of that. Praise the Lord for that. But I was going through some things, but every morning... I saw Ken walking into the office. No, hear me. Knee, legs cut in half. 
He's at work. He's smiling. He got a good attitude. There's no way I could feel sorry for myself. You hear what? Considering the man next to me, all the pain. In fact, I'm telling more information than you want, but he fell off the table after surgery. So that's why he was walking like that, because his legs didn't heal. Well, well, there was some movement before his legs were able to heal. And despite that, there's a smile on his face, encouragement in his heart. How dare I? How dare I feel sorry for myself looking at this man? We are only as happy as we choose to be in life. Give God a hand clap for for that. You will never be a success acting like a victim. Then this slave girl said to her mistress, Woe is me, you don't know all the pain I'm going through. It's not fair that I'm here. I shouldn't be your slave. Watch it. If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him. This girl became a slave, and she's concerned about her master. How many have heard of what they call, it's it's anecdotal, it can't be proven by science, but how many have heard of six degrees of separation? Okay, a few of us, because there used to be a movie, if you're old enough, there was a movie about that. And it's the idea that anyone can be introduced to any other person in the world through a chain of just six people or less. Sometimes it might be nine or ten, sometimes it's just two or three. But as we started this story, we've already gone through three degrees. Naaman's wife was person number one. She knew a girl, person number two, the slave girl, who knew a prophet, person number three. You see, the world is much smaller than we may think, especially today with all the social media and all the rest. He said, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, the only way they heard about this prophet was through this girl. So don't despise, you know, your particular situation. Your voice matters, and God knows the right bird to carry that voice wherever it needs to go. For he would heal him of his leprosy. And what we see here is that God used prophets and his servants to heal in the old covenant before he did in the new. And by the way, when it got to the new, it exploded. Why? Because under the old covenant, it was ratified by the the blood of bulls and goats. But in the new covenant, pay attention, if God healed under a covenant of bulls and goats, you better believe in the new covenant based on the blood of his son, God is still a healer. So we shouldn't be surprised by the healing power of God exploding when Jesus walked the earth. For he would heal him of his leprosy. The issue is never God's willingness to heal, but our learning how to tap into God's healing power. And then verse 4 says, and Naaman, which now becomes the fourth person, went in and told his master, and that master is the king of Syria, who now becomes the fifth person in the chain. And he said this, he repeats the, 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 the words of, of, of the little girl. Thus and thus said the girl who was from the land of Israel, Israel, never underestimate the power 
of one voice. This girl lost everything, but she didn't lose her testimony. And many of us, we have a little setback, a little disappointment. We feel justified acting like the devil. But this little girl became a slave, a slave, away from her land, her people, her language, her tongue. She had to learn a whole new culture. She was still concerned. She showed the love of God to the people she was serving in her life. Can you learn from this little girl? Despite the setback, despite the disappointment, despite how unfair the thing that happened to you is, can you still get over yourself long enough to care about the needs of another? You may have lost everything, but if you still have faith, you have more than enough to start it all over again, to get it all back again. If I lose everything but keep my faith, I have hope. This little girl lost everything but kept her testimony of faith. She's still speaking about her God despite her loss. Can you speak about your God even when you're in a situation that don't look too good? Even when your life is crying out, God's abandoned you. God has forsaken you. God has left you. I'm sure part of her brain was saying, well, Lord, if you love me, how could this have happened? But despite all of that, the testimony of God remained in her mouth. And because of it, verse 5, then the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So here, six degrees of separation, the king becomes the sixth person who finally connected uh, Naaman and Elijah. So Naaman departed and took with him Ten talents of silver. This, this, is, this is hundreds of pounds. 6,000 shekels of gold. I mean, this is, this, is a, this is a king's ransom. And ten changes of clothing. See, back in that day, you did not go before a great person without bringing a gift. Um, likewise, that's why even you see in the church why we bring our gifts to God as part of worship, because he is the great I am. And we are acknowledging his greatness by laying down our, our, our offerings and our sacrifices before him. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Now again, all of this happened because of the resilience, the bounce back of this young slave girl. A little girl who refused to spend the rest of her life being a victim, the rest of her life being bitter, the rest of her life drowning on the circumstances that happened that weren't fair. Now, I know I I might at times have to work harder in my life because of things that might have happened to me, but I'll never be defined by it. And this little girl would not let herself be defined by her past, and she continued to honor and represent her God. Skip to verse 9. The Naaman went with his horses and chariots. Now, this, this great man, this number two in the nation of Syria, is moved by the voice of a little Jewish slave girl. Don't tell me what one voice can't do. And he stood at the door of the prophet's house. Your testimony is going to determine whether or not people show up in God's house. How you act when it hurts. I know I got six amens. 
but how it acts, how you act when it hurts is what earns the respect of those watching your life. And we have to earn the right to speak into people's lives. And people don't want a fake gospel. People don't want an unturned gospel. They want a gospel that's been real in somebody's life. That, that when they see a smile on someone's face despite the facts. When they say peace in someone's heart despite what people are going through, what that person's going through. The proof of our Christianity is in the fire of living. And this little girl, you know, no one knew about her, but she was living this thing. And because of it, her voice reaches the highest place in government. It reaches the king's ear. And Elisha sent a message to him saying, go and wash to the Jordan uh, seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be what? Clean. Now, remember what we learned uh, two Sundays ago when I was here. Humility is your willingness to learn despite how much you think you know. Let me say that again. Humility is your willingness to learn regardless of how much you think you know. I know for some people the worst thing that has ever happened to them is they put doctor in front of their name. Because at that point they felt they arrived and they, they no longer had to learn anything. We are all in process. None of us have arrived. We are all growing and becoming what God wants us to become. And I found, at least in my life, God hides his greatest gifts in humble places. God showed up for Noah in a floating zoo, the ark. God showed up for Abraham, not when he was a young, young stripping man that, that could easily have a baby, but he showed up for Abraham in his old age. He showed up for Moses in a little common bush he set on fire. He showed up for Balaam in a donkey, Daniel in a lion's den, Hosea in an unfaithful wife, Jesus in a manger. God's ways are not our ways. And there's a church in, in, in Jerusalem or thereabouts that in order to enter the church, you, you, the issue is the door is about this high. And in order to enter the church, you have to bow down to get in. And they were asking the designer, the architect of the building, you know, beautiful building and everything, but why did you design the door so poorly? The gist of it is I'm making a point. The only way you can come to the kingdom, into the kingdom, is if you bow down. Many of us are making observations from the outside of the church about the church, but you haven't bowed down to enter. And access to God is through Christ our Lord. And you got to bow down before the cross. You got to bow down before God. I, I appreciate your intelligence. I appreciate your intellect. We live in the, one of the most educated parts of the country. There are more doctorates, more master's degree, more, you know, postgraduate degree, than, than maybe there's one or two other places, but, but any other area in the country. But what we have to learn is 
there's just a limited space between our two ears. And we are talking to a God who has always been. Now listen, you might have 30, 40, 50, some of you 60, 70, 80, and a couple of you might even be approaching 90. But compare that with an eternal perspective. Someone who has always been, who sees everything that has been, will be all at the same time. Imagine the intellect of that being. So for us to come before God even with 250 years, and we think that we might know a little something, we've only begun to know, and what we know we don't know completely yet. And what we must do as smart as you, and I know you're smart, I know you are smart, you are smart. (laughs) But you got to learn to put all that aside. Say, Lord, as smart as I think I am, you are wiser, you are smarter. If you say left, I say left. If you say right, I say right. If you say forward, I say forward. If you say step backwards, I step backwards. You are Lord. And let's not lose our awe. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Hello, folks. I invite you to join with me and leaders from across the nation on June 10th and 11th for our National Unity Weekend. Saturday will be our community day to provide food and resources to food insecure communities across the country. Then on Sunday, pastors will preach a healing message from Galatians 3 and 28. So go to our website, sign a statement of change, and show you're committed to seeing the church at the forefront of racial healing. Then have your church sign up to help spread the message of unity. And lastly, pray with us as we look to heaven and prepare for a transformative weekend. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.